Welcome to a new episode of the Test Scotland podcast. Each month we talk about our latest long read on an important and compelling aspect of Scottish education. This time, senior reporter Emma Seath tells us about her new piece on rising concerns about behaviour in Scottish schools. So Emma, you and I both worked for Test for a long time. Um, we've been to umpteen conferences, union conferences and other events where behaviour is always a concern. You know, that's been uh, certainly been a feature of teaching union conferences conferences since I've been going to them in 2006 or so. Um, we've heard and discussed a lot, but is there something different now? Is there something over and above what we've been hearing for years going on just now? I think that one of the something that you and I both noticed that was different um, and that was, you know, sort of very clearly different is that, you know, recently we've had the um, industrial action and also the threat of industrial action in a couple of secondary schools in Scotland over um, pupil behaviour and more specifically, you know, sort of violent pupil behaviour. And you and I were talking and we had never, um, within our memory, which as you sort of say, covers decade plus, we hadn't remembered that there had been anything that had been taken, you know, sort of as far as that. So this is the um, strike action that has taken place at Barnum and High in Glasgow over pupil behaviour. And then the threat of strike action over pupil behaviour at Northfield Academy in Aberdeen, where there is a mandate for strike action, but none has been taken yet. Um, so 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 that was immediately, you know, sort of something that was different. But it it's just it's just I think the frequency with which the issue is being raised by heads, it really seems to be, you know, sort of a preoccupation, even more so than um in normal times. Mm. And you've heard from quite a few heads um uh, who've privately shared uh, their concerns. And it seems certainly to be a, a fairly uniform view that, that there is something over and above the usual issues with behaviour that's going on just now. It's, it's not just, you know, you know these schools are, it's, it's, it's not just across one or two schools or, or a small proportion of schools. No, 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 absolutely. Well, I mean, Jim Seale has told us that, you know, sort of these concerns about behaviour were pretty much standard um, among secondary head teachers. Um, I mean, the, the head Teachers still stress that it's a minority of pupils. Mm. I think it's probably quite important to say that, but um, they're talking about an increase in um, vandalism and also violence, um, talking about pupils assaulting each other, being aggressive and confrontational towards staff, um, even threatening to kill them. I mean, one head teacher, you know, sort of told us that there were always, you know, sort of spells of wanton vandalism, you know, toilets being, you know, sort of vandalised and that kind of thing. But it had become more common and aggressive, you know, so rather than it being, you know, about graffiti, you know, which the head teacher said was a common example, it was much more aggressive with things like um, taps and toilet doors being ripped off. You know, so, so I guess it's, it's, it's about a kind of a stepping up, you know, so it's still a minority of pupils, but it's just it's just more disruptive. It's more violent. It's more aggressive. And, and uh, that's the and that's the change that they're noting. And Jim Thielis, he's obviously General Secretary of School Leaders Scotland, so he, he speaks on behalf of, of school leaders in the in the secondary sector. And and what to what extent do heads feel that COVID is a factor? Um they do say that it's a factor. Mm. <laughs> um so the one head teacher that I spoke to, he was talking about um this impression that um 
you know maybe what was something that's you know sort of gone wrong if you like is the uh, in the wake of the pandemic schools wanted to show compassion towards their families and their students and so there was this kind of more lenient approach um they weren't sort of sweating the small stuff turning a blind eye to things like uh pupils turning up late or failing to wear uniform and then, according to this head teacher, his impression is that from that point, pupils have kind of started to explore what other rules they can get away with breaking. So there's that sort of sense that maybe leniency in the wake of the pandemic is leading to this. One head teacher used the word actually, actually used the word lawlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another way in which they say that COVID um, is a factor, and that's in terms of you know, just all the disruption that was caused to the education, you know, of young people and, you know, not really kind of getting used when when young people were making that transition from primary into secondary, not really having that opportunity to get to grips with what the behaviour norms were in secondary and how how you operate in that bigger environment. And so that was to do with not having proper transition in place, to do with having an interrupted experience because of the lockdowns. But also they said that that was to do with um, young people, even when they were back in school, being in bubbles in order to limit mixing, which meant that they didn't see how their older, um, you know, how older secondary, you know, pupils were behaving. So they didn't really sort of make that shift from this is how you behave at primary school and this is how you behave at secondary mm-hmm. school, where it, it really is quite a different environment where you're moving around the school where, you know, where there's there's just a larger number of pupils. So it, it's managed in a different way. And there was a sense that, th- that when pupils join a secondary school, they learn from each other, but or they learn from the, the older kids, mm-hmm. but actually they weren't really bearing witness to how the older kids behaved because they were, you know, sort of, um, they were limiting mixing and they were, you know, sort of in a bubble only with their peers. So so we're, are we seeing that it's the particular age groups that that head teachers are seeing issues? So you've talked about transition points. So maybe the first few years of secondary school, is that a particular concern around there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so it's kind of, it seems to be that S1 to S3, Hmm. um, you know, sort of group. I mean, ask a different head teacher and they'll tell you different things. Teachers have been talking to us about, you know, having to have special assemblies for S1s because they just don't seem to be, you know, kind of following the the normal kind of rules. They just don't be, they just don't seem to be, you know, sort of um, behaving in the, you know, in the way that they would, you know, sort of um, expect to be, the way that they would expect essentially um but other teachers other head teachers would maybe tell you no it's s2 that i've got an issue with and, and another teacher head teacher again would tell you that it was sd but it does seem to be mm. that early stage of secondary school that's um the, the behavior of the pupils is causing a particular issue and i think we should also say at this point that uh, clearly transition has been a you know a difficult time uh, with, that presents a lot of issues you know pre-COVID, and that's not just the transition into secondary school, it's also the transition into primary school. And we've certainly heard from from other contacts, from other teachers, that uh, that transition to primary school has been problematic as well. If you think about the children who, maybe at the start of the pandemic, pandemic were maybe two years old and they missed out on that whole socialisation of the early years um, and so forth, and uh, and arrive, or, you know, we certainly heard about um, issues in the early years of primary school of uh, um, uh, pupils arriving with with issues that just weren't there to the same extent as previously, and this is maybe a good point to 
talk about something that's a big part of your piece, which is when we talk about behaviour, some discussions around it um, seem to almost forget uh, or ignore that additional support needs is a is a big factor in that. So, so um, is that a fair point that sometimes it's separated out from the whole, um, you know, from additional support needs uh, factors, and that, that that's something we need to keep in keep in mind whenever we're talking about behaviour. Yeah, no, I, I do think that that's important, and that's why we explore that in the piece because. Uh, you know, the, we're we're just waiting actually for the latest people census figures, but the ones um, that were published in December of uh, last year, they um, showed that around well that almost exactly a third of Scottish pupils now have an additional support need, and so when Angela Morgan conducted her review of additional support for learning and how well that was being implemented in Scottish schools, she was really clear that now that we've got a third of pupils with additional support needs. It can't really be seen as, you know, sort of, you know, something that is um, for a minority of teachers to deal with. You know, that this has to be like a kind of baseline of training so that all teachers are capable of dealing with all these different kinds of needs that they're going to be, you know, sort of presented within their classrooms. Then, of course, you know, something that you'll hear um, primary school leaders and secondary school leaders, but, but almost I'd say primary school leaders in particular talking about is um, how difficult that is because of a lack of resourcing, because of a lack of training, you know. So, so this, you know, so those two issues, behaviour and lack of resourcing and support for, you know, for additional needs, they come, they almost come up, at, you know, sort of a union union conferences or teachers meetings with, you know, sort of a similar amount of regularity. But actually, of course, they're they're intertwined. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing that you, you really notice when behaviour comes up and uh, discussed is there's quite, in England in particular, there seems to be quite a polarised debate around behaviour in schools, certainly on social media, um, between what you might characterise as the more, the more progressive and traditionalist camps and in, in, insert inverted commas where you see appropriate there. Um, to what extent is that repeated in Scotland, would you say? I think that you can see that reflected in Scotland. There's no doubt about that because it was reflected in the interviews that we did with the different head teachers. You know, some were talking about, you know, sort of as I sort of mentioned, some were talking about schools being too lenient that they had um, they had stopped sweating the small stuff that they were ignoring things like clamping down on, you know, sort of uh, uniform, um, you know, and 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 lateness. Um, you know, so so you kind of have you know sort of head teachers talking about the importance, of, you know, that that in Scotland what's gone wrong is that you know all the that words like um, rules and sanctions have almost become become taboo. Mm-hmm. Then on the other side of it, you would have people saying yes, but things like you know detention, they 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 didn't work before and they won't work now, and the 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 sort of the the approach to behaviour, which has been about, you know, kind of um, encouraging, encouraging positive behaviour, 
that that approach that's been adopted in Scotland maybe over the past couple of decades that that is the right approach the you know that that detention didn't work in the past it's not going to work now and that these methods these other methods you know so for instance restorative practices that they actually have a big impact it can be they would you know the argument would go that it can be seen as a soft option but actually one of the head teachers that we talked to says that these conversations that um you know they're required to have about you know sort of making the pupils reflect on the harm that they've done and who who has been harmed and how are they going to make it right that those are actually really difficult um conversations um really uncomfortable conversations but actually the the benefit of them is the um learning comes out of it whereas they would argue that a detention you know once that's been once that punishment has been you know sort of carried out there's no there's no lasting impact that mm. the same pupils' names turn up time and time again on the detention list. Um, and, and there's no progress, there's no moving forward, there's no change in behaviour. But yeah, so absolutely the same polarisation, I think, is is reflected, you know, sort of in Scotland. But I think up until now, maybe there was more of a kind of, um, there was maybe more agreement that mm. this, um positive the the positive behavior approach that's been you know kind of pushed you know by the government and by education scotland was the right one but it feels like now that the pressure is building a bit more and now that behavior is becoming more and more of an issue people are starting to mm -hmm. question whether or not we've got that right so you're maybe starting to see more people sort of decide or or, or, or speak up and say that they don't think that the way that we're dealing with behaviour in Scotland is the right way and that we need to and we need to rethink. Is there potential for a bit of a false dichotomy sometimes that, you know, in between these apparent camps of, you know, let's be understanding about the, the issues that a child's a pupil brings to school and, and beyond and factor that into a response to any behaviour issues. And then the sort of, you know, we need to have rules, we need to have sanctions, we need to apply those. Can't we marry the best of both of those ideas it doesn't need to be one or the other does it i'm sure that really skilled um you know sort of teachers and head teachers i'm sure that that's probably what they mm -hmm. do you know they mm -hmm. kind of recognize when a child is um, maybe you know kind of pushing the boundaries as opposed to you know um you know just pushing the boundaries as opposed to you know somebody who's got a lot going on in their life uh, who has an emotional outburst at school um but you know it's 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 you know the, you know but it's it's got so you know it's got you know kind of a lot to do with you know sort of what's what's happening at home or what they're having to kind of cope with in their personal life um so so yeah i'm sure that um i'm sure that that, that there are teachers you know and, and head teachers who 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 probably just look at things in the round and 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 you know and, and opt for the best approach mm -hmm. and there's a, there's a unit there is a universal you know sort of um feeling that you know schools need, need to be compassionate you know mm -hmm. um so you know i think even with people who are you know sort of um making the case for a more traditional um you know what you maybe describe as a more you know sort of punitive approach that they're still saying that there needs to be mm -hmm. that you know that, that that you know sort of understanding needs to be there mm -hmm. for the for the pupils who mm -hmm. need it and just finally looking ahead what, what have you been hearing from school leaders from head teachers about what needs to happen to to improve things to make things better as we come out of this period of the pandemic 
Well, I mean, I think that um, one of the things that the head teachers were saying was um, about this idea that they needed to be able to staff their schools to deal with the circumstances mm. that they were finding themselves in. You know, so in Scotland, depending on um, which local authority a head teacher is based in, they'll have more or less autonomy over, you know, um, what the balance is between teachers and non-teachers, what kind of support staff that they choose to employ. So there was a call for that, that, you know, if we are seeing, you know, sort of different pupil behaviour, then we, then, you know, that's going to require a different staffing mix in schools and that head teachers should have that autonomy to be able to um, choose the staff who they think you know sort of are best going to be able to you know sort of support their own pupils to to flourish. There was a, also a call for the Scottish government to reboot its behaviour policy and to you know sort of just spell out you know kind of what is acceptable, what isn't acceptable. You know to you know to kind of you know just make that explicit again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know in light of the fact that schools are saying that this is a big challenge for them. You know so so kind of you know to, so that support that kind of leadership as well. Um, I mean, obviously, funding is going to be a massive issue. Um, the reality is, I think that head teachers will be more than aware of this. You know, um, that we're not going to see a, an increase in funding. Um, but there have been, you know, sort of there is some suggestion that that could mean that we could, you know, sort of take that opportunity to reimagine the way that education is delivered. The it's almost the cuts that are coming are going to be, you know, sort of so severe and so profound that delivering education the way that we deliver it just now just won't be affordable. So it'll have to be we'll have to kind of, you know, look at it and and think again. Um, obviously, though, to that's going to take, you know, a sort of, a, you know, a, some a, a vision and leadership and working to, you know, working towards that vision. Um, you know, like the national conversation might be something that, you know, sort of, um, that gives us that insight into you know that's the certainly the idea is that it gives us an insight into how people think that education should look over the coming years but how radical the government um decides to be in taking forward that the findings of the national conversation remains to be seen yeah well then that national discussion the survey on that just closed this week so it'll be fascinating to see how behavior issues feed into that and, and what what suggestions are put forward um for for the years ahead well thanks emma that was really really insightful and um, behavior obviously a huge issue always has been but maybe more so now than ever and it's an issue that i'm sure we'll be returning to before long you can read the full piece at tez.com forward slash magazine and remember to subscribe to the Tez scotland podcast on the podcast platform of your choice And we'll have a new episode in the new year.